Ladies and gentlemen, coming at you live from Townsville, Australia, it's me, the talented one on the podcast, John Hastings, and now bring it up for Tide, his starter wagon. I fucked the metaphor up, Dylan. How are you? <laughs> oh, Tide, star wagon, jeeps. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dylan God. I'm the fucking alpha here. I'm Donald Trump. That's fucking, I don't know, Madeline McLean or whoever. <laughs> Is that a person? I mean, she has nothing to do with podcast <laughs> uh, with politics. It's Big D Donald Trump here with Margaret Atwood. We're talking about I'm, Mar- I'm Margaret Atwood. I just want to bring every conversation back to me. <laughs> and one time, comedian, <laughs> comedian John Hastings <laughs> saw me walking in Toronto, and I had what could only be described as a mythic camel toe in a black onesie. <laughs> yeah you can't look at the toe on that fucking gilf <laughs> that's margaret atwood comment stands man. i've seen her at two different talks both times was arrogant to an unnecessary degree like to the point it was great like that if she started speaking in the third person no one would have been like well we didn't see this coming that's insane i uh all I know about Margaret Atwood is that she used to come into uh, Noah's Fine Foods when my friend worked there, and he would always go to his boss and say, I think that old lady's stealing. <laughs> 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 and then they'd be like, that's Margaret Atwood. And he's like, comment stance. <laughs> I will repeat what I'm saying. No, uh, <laughs> Governor General Award winner, uh, winning author Margaret Atwood just put a bunch of creamers in her fucking purse. <laughs> uh, also by the way this is part three of hardcore holly and i'm so surprised we didn't connect i only in listening back to the episode that i think man why didn't we talk about how crazy it was that hardcore holly in the attitude era wasn't just like an aggressive porn star <laughs> i mean valvetus valvetus makes love to him ah fuck him <laughs> <laughs> just like, and then they have a match for who's gay, him and Val Venus, and he wins, so they just full have sex, and Vince Russo is like, bro, no, it's good, bro, because that means that the gay, bro, and then that's bad, so the heels, Here's the bro. weird thing is, I bet you that was proposed to him, and I guarantee, like, Billy, uh, Harker Holly's one of those guys that surprises you with how forward-thinking he is. Like, he'd be like... They'd be like, uh, you're going to play an aggressive porn star. Uh, your new vignette is you're just going to shit in China's mouth. Now, fuck you. She's a person, not a toilet. That's, well, I honestly think it was probably, he might have been pitched something like that, but he's a cornet guy. Yeah, he's a cornet guy. Like, yeah, he's, a, on the, he's a cornet guy, so he was like, where's the money? Ironically, Jim Cornet, who probably does get used like a toilet by his wife, was like, listen up, you fucking cunt. Would a man and a woman do in the privacy of their locked area of a basement that they had to hire a contractor to build who wasn't from the county that your parents live in? It's not for fucking Monday night, you fucking Republican. <laughs> I do like the idea that every time Vince Russo would like pitch an idea with a bit of S&M in it, Jim Cornette would just have to leave the room because he had to jack off. <laughs> Oh, fuck, now you're going to make me have to nut, Vince. <laughs> Jim Cornette points at one of the things that Vince Russo not being a man is that he's into a woman that wears a white bra, which is something that Vince Russo talks a lot about. <laughs> Sable. He's like, her in a white bra. He's like, that's not what a man likes. 
Le- men like leather. And it's like, you know what, Jim Cornette, once again, I want to disagree with you. You're not wrong. You nailed it again, buddy. <laughs> well, no, because Vince McMahon liked uh, the idea of a woman in a white bra. Isn't that the, the old yeah, fable? Yeah, that was him and Vince Russo would just talk about how uh, Sable in white satin panties and Jim Cornette, because he's the best, got angry at that because that's not what men are supposed to like. And you're just like, ah, oh, he's a fucking legend. That's really funny. I like the idea of Vince Russo and Vince McMahon holding hands and talking about <laughs> Sable in a white bra, which I'm sure. Well, how detailed have you gotten into? <laughs> Look into my goddamn eyes. You and I have talked about sex a lot in our friendship. In our friendship that, by the way, is approaching its yes. tenth year. Can you believe that? We've no. Oh wow! Each- ten an- ten year anniversary. Ten year anniversary, which is very weird. Um, Feels like it's been longer because I've been really having to fill all the gaps while you stare forward or check your phone and read UFC statistics. Oh, what? On the podcast? Get the fuck out of no, here, no, John. No, no, I'm talking about in real life. Oh, okay. On the podcast, I don't yeah, do yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> the podcast, we switch yeah, roles. On the, ironically, <laughs> I save all my time to be distracted for when we're doing broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, sorry. I would talk about Papa Shango, but I just got an email from iwan.com and I can't believe they're still around. <laughs> You know, it's. Uh, I would like. I'm the proud owner of a new iPhone 5, John. It's a, it's going great. I would like to discuss more about Johnny Valentine, but I just remembered I have a MySpace page, and I'm not sure what the password is. <laughs> God damn it! You know where we picked up Hardcore Holly? Is we picked him up. He had just uh, a man with a broken neck had beaten up a man who uh, would have uh, would. Get a tumor and have to quit wrestling. Oh, full disclosure, full disclosure, everybody. Don't really remember the episode because I was just coming out of having the flu and was in and out of consciousness during last week's recording. Not my finest hour, or no one noticed. Either way, a full indictment of me as a professional. I really discuss Hardcore Halley coming out of man with broken neck versus man with rage issues. Here's the thing, guys. Some people, like... I feel like if we had a real producer who was like, oh, these tag things you say people like, you could say them over and over again and then have taglines. And it's really unintentional that we don't have any catchphrases this far in because we are, uh, uh, forget everything. <laughs> That's, could be the tagline for the fuck us. I, uh, forget we it. Have, hardcore Holly just saying, fuck you. Um, of course, shut up your fat is a classic. Um, our fans are the Come Monkeys. Uh, thank you, Come Monkeys, by the way, for coming to my shows in Sydney and Melbourne. It was absolutely great. Spread that. Also, may I say, Australian fans of the Wrestler Review do not look like the British fans of the Wrestler Review. British fans of the Wrestler Review, you look exactly like me and Dylan, but somehow with less sunlight, which incredibly impressive. I have to tell you, because I avoid the sun like Dylan invo- avoids bananas. Um, all the Aus- all the Australian <laughs> fans. Yuppie dudes. They look like Patrick Bateman's from American Psycho. Like, the, instead of putting a, That's so much scarier. I know, instead of putting on Huey Lewis in the news before they kill someone with an axe, they're just putting on the Hulk Hogan episode and just 12 hours of... Yeah, like, I mean, he just didn't like to listen to anyone, I guess. He's got a thick thermos dick, though. I don't like the idea of anyone listening to this podcast but like, I really like the Mean Gene character. Like, oh, you think it's funny? I never nope. said that. <laughs> Inspiring is the word I go for. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Good ideas yeah. in that one. Oh, when they... D- when Welcome, everyone, to my yeah, future. When they discussed uh, how Mean Gene Okerlund's pitch for the Divas, uh, uh, a Diva Battle Royal where the winner was turned into a living candle. <laughs> 
So we should talk about how Hardcore Holly broke his neck. Uh, basically, Brock Lesnar, they fucked up. We talked about this shortly, but it does lead into what happens afterwards, which is Hardcore Holly comes back. He's got a broken neck, and he beat up Matt Capitelli. So you got two ways you could take this, really. What do you do? Do you take it that he's a bully and a piece of shit because he beats up Matt Capitelli, or do you do the thing where he was going to go for the title against Lesnar, the guy who broke his neck? They choose babyface Hardcore Holly, which is not a good thing. Like, it's par- it's hard to like this man on site. He just looks like shithead. He just looks like a shithead. Like, he just... He might. He maybe. I've never hung out with him. I listen to podcasts with him and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He seems like a good man, but, like, when you just see a picture of him on TV, he just looks like a fucking high school football coach. He doesn't look like the coach. He looks like the defensive coordinator. And this is my friend Rick. He wants to spend less time with that's his exact, kids. Hardcore Holly's <laughs> that's what entire Hardcore energy Holly's. is he remind. That's exactly he reminds me of uh, when I played one year of football when I was eleven, going into twelve. There was one of our coaches who had a knee brace and a cane, and he was the most sadistic son of a bitch I've ever met in my entire life. For example, one time to toughen us up, he just made us do push-ups in a mud puddle. And then stand in the wind. Yeah, that's back when concussions were just, <laughs> get back in there, buddy. Concussions were a sign that you were straight. That's what that's what we used to call them in the late 90s. Oh, you got your bell rung? Then you probably like <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Canadian football coaches were always the worst because they would be like, get back in there, you got a broken ankle or whatever. And that you'd be like, but I'm six feet tall. And everyone who plays my position anywhere but the high school football is six foot five. I don't have anything to gain from this. Like, we and you both know office administrator is my future job, not left tackle for the Bills. Like, I'm just going to rest this thing. There's nothing I have to fucking get. I'm doing this because I have dyspraxia and the reflex encouragement helps my motor skills. I said fucking kill number seven. <laughs> so they bring him back and what hardcore holly does is he's going for a revenge against um against lesnar this was basically due to the fact that matt capitelli did contract uh they caught the cancer early and they were going to do capitelli holly but obviously you can't do that and i'm sure bob holly was like he gets in the ring with a tumor and i fucking beat the shit out of him that's a heel. Let me fucking tell you something about fucking chemotherapy. My mom was a nurse in a ward in Alabama, and she administered that to a lot of people. Have a valiant time, Mr. Capitelli. But when you're out of the hospital, I'm going to legally fuck you. <laughs> so he returns as a fan favorite in uh, 2003 for revenge uh, and at the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar. But he lost. Now, Bob and Brock really do get along, and Bob's... For all the things you say about Bob Holly, as far as creative goes, he's one of the most self-aware people I've ever met in my, or sorry, I've ever this come across. This episode on. is a big revelation because Bob Holly's vibe is again exactly what you're saying. You would just picture him to be a fucking piece of shit, and then you read about him and you're like, wow, he dealt with that person in a very good. He he has the right energy to deal with a lot of pricks, but he is not really as much of a prick as you think he would be. For example, with Brock Lesnar, he clearly knew that Brock would react to coach energy, traditional energy, treating him like an athlete. And 
I guarantee that Bob Holly a couple of times, like to make sure that Brock knew who was boss. Like Bob Holly just woke him up in the middle of the night and just went, I just did ten push ups and then just did ten more push ups and then ran away. <laughs> and Brock Brock <laughs> like then was just like <sighs> and then like Brock just went and ate a car. Like I guarantee you can just see that, that <laughs> Brock Lesnar's energy would he would love Bob Holly. Like Bob Holly's just literally talking about the different types of protein you can have and um how anyone who uses a condom is probably gay. I mean <laughs> Exactly. The guy who created AIDS was the straightest man of all time. That's Bob Hawley. Write that down. I'm not putting that in the book. I said write it down. Bob Hawley claims that he invented AIDS because he wanted to let everybody know that not everyone deserves to fuck. <laughs> that was his tat- That's what his tattoo on yeah, his arm says now. I guess you guys don't speak sp- Polynesian. Neither does Bob, but he just believed one guy. <laughs> <laughs> so let the problem that Lesnar had and the problem... Uh, I invented AIDS because not everyone deserves to fuck. I mean, no, but I'm going to tell you it does so you get out of my fucking shop, man. Good. Clean in here. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so the problem with the match that Lesnar had and the problem Bob was like, yeah, I get it, is that this guy is like a, this is fucking Sparky Plug still. This is the era where you can't really shed your skin as what you used to be. So Sparky Plug he doesn't like the idea of going 16 minutes with Sparky Plug, essentially. So they half that this to is eight. Also, this is the. This is really the. This is post invasion kick in of Smart Mark, not ruining wrestling, but taking it in a different direction. And you're absolutely making the point. Everyone is going. Wait a minute. Crash Holly's annoying friend is going up against the next big thing. What's happening on the next pay per view? I get. Is it going to be China's breast implants versus Brock Lesnar in a ladder match? <laughs> well, this is the problem, like, because uh, you hear a lot of shit from Meltzer around this time about the invasion angle, and Meltzer just goes, here's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to bury WCW because every invasion angle where the company has bought the invading company has always worked that way. And this was everyone who, like us, who is like 18, 17 around this time, realizing, oh, this is how wrestling works. Like, we just... The, the three-year period where it was WWF against WCW where they moved all the storylines ahead just based only on merit of how the wrestlers were perceived by the audience was truly, truly just like a three-year period that probably will never be reproduced because now one company owns everything. And if Vince McMahon doesn't like your goatee, I don't care if everyone's chanting your name. Shave your damn goatee because... Shane's gonna beat you now like (laughs) um yes it's also one of those things where it's all of the same style Bob Holly all of these guys they're the last time where you could learn different styles and still make it elaborating on uh what you're saying about the invasion angle Bob Holly is a very different style to what works in the WWF but he was adaptable because they needed bodies someone like Bob Holly who's basically just a rage head who's friends with a sexual pervert who's into left-wing politics wouldn't make it into NXT, let alone out of NXT now. And Bob Hawley made it all the way to facing Brock Lesnar. And we're talking first-run Brock Lesnar pre-Goldberg time. Very exciting. Well, the way they do NXT now is like, like if Bob Hawley got over, let's just say, it was just Bob Hawley and he got over as this tough guy in NXT, 
then he would come up to the main roster as Sparky Plug. Like, that would have been his change. And then he would be like, and Vince would have been like, here's your idea. Here's the idea. You love hats. You try them on all the time. <laughs> and then they're like, what do you do in the ring? I don't know, man. But on the way out, you got a lot of hats. Get in there. Get it over. <laughs> oh, he's picking Which hat is his favorite? Baseball or fedora? Get it. Go online. Get it trending. Also... This match is going to be whatever. This is what I don't like about the sarcastic nature of wrestling. Ah! Is that you made that as a joke? We are six months away from that being the hottest wrestler in NXT. A guy who likes hats would play oh very God. well. A guy, not only a guy who likes hats, a guy who likes hats and is constantly trying them on on the way to the ring. I like the, He would be the new New Day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> also, if that guy's name was Thurman... He would be, the, they'd have to make him IC champion at least once. He'd get a Zack Ryder begrudging push one time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, this is the whole thing. What they do is this is 2004, 2005. We're getting into, this is the low time for, of all things, tag team wrestling, because this is when the tag team titles are basically, Hey, we're going to push the tag team title. And just as you think that like maybe Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch, have potential to be a real tag team because Trevor Murdoch looks like a tough ass and Lance Cade just fucking looks like a, an Adonis. Uh, Triple H has decided he wants to do a promo uh, against whichever guy, you know, got 10 minutes with him. He still won and clean, but it was 10 minutes, so he's going to pedigree both of them and then do a promo about how everyone's a bitch. And that's, and during this period, Hardcore Holly teams shortly with Billy Gunn, teams with Charlie Haas, which is essentially like, hey, I made a tag team. Who do we want to face? I just want to play the game. Let's press random twice. Like, it's just like Charlie Haas, Hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn. Why not? What do they do? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just who yeah, cares? Yeah, fuck you. That's, that's and what then they, they, and, and, yeah. they fuck you. And there's no cohesiveness. There's no. He goes right out of losing to Lesnar, and he's supposed to be getting this big push. And short push, I should say, as this crazy guy who's literally has scared Brock Lesnar. We didn't mention that, but like part of the angle is that Bob Holly's so crazy now that he's fucking scaring Brock Lesnar. And uh, and he goes into a tag team with Billy Gunn and fucking Charlie Haas. And then he faces JBL for the title and loses. But like you can't you just just any cohesiveness would be nice with and with every character, you know, like. If they're lower mid-card, then they're lower mid-card, but just keep them there. I completely agree. It's also one of those things where if you're going to go in and lean into that angle, you lean into the fact that he's hardcore Holly. We don't know what he's going to bring to the ring. You have him do things like you get Brock Lesnar down because of another match, and then you have Bob Holly come in and hit him with a bowling ball. Like The idea that if you want to make it an, e a an equalizer, it's the idea that hardcore Holly's a fucking nut, and Brock Lesnar is a physical specimen, but Brock Lesnar's never been taken around the ring by someone who's willing to hit him with a chair a bunch like you do that those sort of things instead what they did as you just so succinctly put even though i just went into more detail therefore it's my point now is they had one match and then didn't build off of it they instead just went all right you're shelton benjamin i'm shelton benjamin someone's shelton yeah he's someone's got to be shelton benjamin that's all i goddamn want we're all shelton yeah. benjamin <laughs> so here's something fun Bob Holly lends Rene Dupree oh, his this car. Is the best story. Rene Dupree gets in an accident, has never driven in America before, and doesn't know what a ticket is, which I don't, which I don't, like, I don't think that's a thing. So he threw the ticket out, Rene Dupree did, and this led to the unpaid ticket 
leads to a warrant being issued for Bob Holly's arrest uh, at the because of the unpaid ticket, and Bob Holly's license gets revoked, which means you've poked the bull, baby. Time to get the horns, Mr. French boy. The last thing that you want to do is give Bob Holly a reason to be a maniac. And Ren- oh, first of all, by the way, I figured this out because I have lived in a lot of other countries. I'm a well-traveled boy. In Europe, tickets are mailed to you. They are not left on your car. Okay. And they come with a list of instructions on how you have to pay them off. As opposed to in North America, that instruction isn't there. It's just assumed that you know you go to the bank or the courthouse and pay it off. As a man who got a parking ticket uh, just last week, they had, they had, like, I mean, I'm not, this isn't the States, obviously, I was in Canada, but they had a list of ways I mean, to pay it. I mean, of course it. they do. I haven't gotten a per- parking ticket in North America in 10 years, and even then I just remembered it came with an envelope that allowed you to uh, mail it in. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was 10 years, yeah, 2009, because this one was just like, go to this link and pay, and we just did that. I don't believe what Britain... So anyway, but the the point is, Rene Dupree just denied that he ever did Rene, this, Rene, and then Rene Bob Dupree, Holly said, the way, as that he told Bob Holly eventually, and then it was fine. Bob Holly claims Rene Dupree is from Europe and therefore duplicitous. <laughs> well, eventually Bob Holly just said, "Admit what you did, or I'm going to beat the shit out of you." They had a match, and Bob beat I mean, the shit out of him. Now. <laughs> this isn't 1989 in Crockett, so <laughs> taking an issue into the ring and just beating the shit out of another man is uh is not okay anymore. So we had a meeting with Vince, or am I, am I getting the timelines mixed up here? Um, now uh, Bob Holly's insane, and he believes in justice. He beats the shit out of him. Um, Laurinaitis asked Bob what he was doing. Bob explained the situation, which is so funny to me. He fucking took my car, parking ticket, fuck you. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, was like, yeah, uh. Okay, I was just uh, trying to cook a, a fork with a toaster. Turns out, fork's real hot. Still can't eat it. Also, John okay. John <laughs> is such a dunderhead. Like, you just look at him, and you know he, he has confused his socks and his underwear. Yeah, exactly. How come? Okay, I start a business. Okay, how about this? Okay, pants up top, shirts on bottom. Why not? Uh-huh. Huh? New clothing. Hi, I'm John Laurinaitis. I had a career in Japan because I fucked Giant Baba's wife, and it was a thinly veiled thing. All right. Tried to fuck Linda. Turned out it was a lamp. Good to see ya. <laughs> so, Vince McMahon brings him in. Now, this is one of my favorite... So I'll just Vince drags Bob into his office and was I right berating him. <laughs> Bob Holly says he then shouted at Vince <laughs> and uh, and then Vince signed him find him ten thousand dollars and I'm sure when they both got up they had a fucking tent the size of the goddamn they were so happy and horny to be mad at each other. <laughs> I gotta find you ten grand. Why you fucking finding me ten grand? How about I find you? Fuck you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Put on the wig, you're Linda now. <laughs> Fuck you. I ain't no lamp. Um. Okay. First of all, <laughs> the idea that his response was, "I find you a fuck you." Oh, that really makes my day. I find you $10,000. I find you. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. He, there's no way that meeting wasn't just like, like, there's no way you just yell at Bob Holly. 
Like, Bob Holly's not taking just yelling at him. But, or Bob Holly was like, you know, Vincent, usually I would yell, but I will just show you this. That right there, that's the knife they killed Bruiser Brody with. Now, you can make your own choices. I guarantee- <laughs> I'll find you your goddamn life, Vince. <laughs> if any meeting ended with two guys jacking off and then l- shooting loads into cups and weighing the loads to figure out who is the victor, it was that conversation. <laughs> if mine's bigger, you owe me ten grand. It's a deal. Yeah, what Bob Holly didn't know is that Mr. McMahon has, had sa- has saline solution injected in his balls every night just in case this situation comes up. Yeah. I'm always prepared. Who do you think is who do you think is jacked off in front of more men? Liberace Vince McMahon. I think it's Vince McMahon. None of it was sexual, all of it competition based. It was all power. It was all power because if he's jacking off in front of somebody, then they have to watch it and they feel weird and then that's he's out alphaing them. I guarantee he's Vince McMahon has shown his dick to Brock Lesnar in the Me Too era and just yelled, "Not sexual." And then just walked out of the room. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I'm assuming that's how he communicates with a lot of people. I mean, like... Now now dab your cock in the ink and sign the contract. <laughs> we only do mushroom. Women can sign their signatures, but men, still, you got a mushroom tag. I was it. thinking about this. My grandfather died at 85. Vince McMahon is, what, 76? Yeah, with his mom still alive. Vince McMahon's mom is still alive? I mean, that's the... If, that's what I keep saying. Everyone's like, oh, when Vince dies, and I'm like, uh, he's a billionaire with a family history of health. Yeah, he's, he's never mean, dying. Triple H right there is just like, well, I'm I'm Prince Charles, and he's Queen Elizabeth. And then Vince that's exactly heard it. him me- There's mention no the way. royal family and thought he was talking about a tag team from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon is... He's never going to die. I'm sorry, guys. He's going to be booking John Cena against Shane McMahon in the main event of WrestleMania 96. That's just how things are going to work. And Shane's going to literally... Shane's going to be shot in the face with a real gun and then pinned, and that's how or Shane dies. the company in the next three to five years, which is why they've given up Titan Tower. And uh, Vince McMahon is moving on to other things and is going to try and solidify his life. That would be I like. I, I legitimately would, be would not colors. be... Because there's a bunch of moves that they're playing... Dave Meltzer is fucking going on and on about it on Twitter like he's fucking found a new a new jar of matches to count. Like he's just at, he just brings it up and then it's just a, <laughs> a new jar of matches. God. <laughs> could be 75 matches, could be 76 matches. I think I <laughs> You think Dave Meltzer's only refuge outside of wrestling is guessing how many jelly beans are in the jar at weird fairs? Like he just shows up he shows up in a Lexus and his wife and kids have to stay in the car. And then he goes, 695. And then they're like, that's exactly correct. And then he just no touch nuts and gets back and I don't need the prize. The prize is the work. <laughs> I guarantee how Dave Meltzer uh, conceived of a child with his wife is that she just left a trail of jars with various things he needed to count in a complex manner towards her vagina and he just assumed the last one was in her pussy, and he knows that he can't put his all his fingers in there, so he just tried his dick, and then she tricked him. <laughs> I think it was a real doll that was exactly Ric Flair, <laughs> and then she just had to put her vagina in it, <laughs> and then he 
and then he banged it, and then they have yeah. kids. It's weird. Uh, all of Dave Meltzer's kids are born exactly nine months after a Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> okay, here's something fun. He feuds with Mr. Kennedy. Well, actually, we should talk about it. It's already been a couple minutes. We'll talk about this after the Kennedy! Break. I've been... Uh... I've been sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is, so it actually makes my cock bigger. That's the start of this ad. Oh, Please go to Patreon.com/wrestlerreview <laughs> and donate <laughs> and donate to us. Five dollars gets you exclusive access to our Patreon feed and episodes ahead of time. For twenty-five bucks, you can select a wrestler to review. One guy did buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash rest review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gives a shit? And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Kennedy and Vincent Kennedy McMahon's favorite guy to jack off in front of Hardcore Holly are feuding. How do they start feuding, Dylan? I assume it's something really fun like Ken Kennedy is announcing himself and Hardcore Holly doesn't like because it's interrupting his pre-match ritual of eating crackers and looking into the middle distance. This is actually crazy because this is 2005. I, I don't know who's booking this, but this is one of the times when SmackDown made sense because... Hardcore Holly just gets in a feud with uh, Ken Kennedy because Mr. Kennedy has the U.S. title and Hardcore Holly I wants mean, it. I mean, I think this is probably the last time there was logical booking when it came to that sort of thing. Cool. No, I don't know. Actually, it doesn't specify if Kennedy has the U.S. title. I just kind of remember him having it. But anyway, he just kind of starts feuding with <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. And he goes under. He has surgery uh, to basically reveal some nagging injuries. He was hospitalized after staph infection. Um, I believe this is when... No, Holly says while he was on the road, WWE doctor advised him. This is like the CM Punk shit. Advised him to immediately seek treatment due to his noble uh, elbow being ne- noticeably uh, distended from staph infection. But this was blocked by John Laurinaitis, who insisted that Holly needed to work a European tour. Holly pushed back on this, but John doubled down, and Bob went on the tour. When he got there, he found John had pushed him so hard to be part of the Battle Royal. Uh, had pushed him so hard just to be part of the Battle Royal, which made Bob furious. He immediately left the tour and sought medical assistance. Bob Holly doesn't give one fuck. As you've said many times on this podcast, he just knew he was a welder. Yeah. He was like, I'll just be a fucking welder. I don't need this fucking yeah, I don't shit. need you. I don't need this fucking job. I'll do anything else in the world. And this is why John Laurinaitis was fired. Like, he's... John Laurinaitis is a made man, but he there's so many of these decisions where he's just like, I don't fucking care if it's broken. Just fucking go. You're fucking gonna go. Now... Hardcore Holly switches to the ECW brand, the renewed ECW ah, brand, yes. and really does get himself over of because course. of the crazy bump he takes in a match with uh, RVD where, I don't know, have you seen it where he just fucking lands on the table, but his entire back gets sliced up and he needs like yes. 50 stitches, but he still wrestles the rest of the match? It's like, but by this time, they're so entrenched in ECW, WWE, ECW fucking sucks that even this little thing they turn him he's getting babyface reactions because that is how you got over an old school ECW it's like how do you get over 
Well, a guy came into the ring and stabbed him. A fan did, and instead of he just no sold it and continued the match. So now he's Tommy Dreamer. I've you know? I've often contended the reason why Jack Victory got a lot of heat in ECW is because he was in a wheelchair and they were they just didn't like the reminder of where all their favorite wrestlers were going. <laughs> but I mean, it's been said like this before. But Hardcore Holly was a very good example of a guy who, in 1998, around that time. Kind of, like, if they had an open relationship with ECW, would have just been put in ECW, got retooled as Hardcore Holly, and then come back up. And no one would have hated him, because he's exactly the type of dude that refreshes his fucking career in ECW. Like, Al Snow being the He also would have been actually a great heel or face in the ECW. They could have also used him a variety of ways in ECW, one of which would be... um, Exactly. Oh, he's the WWE version of Hardcore, here's how you be Hardcore... If that would have been an yeah. amazing way to do it. Oh, he's f- phenomenal. And he could have done the whole fucking, I'm a goddamn wrestler. They chant Sparky Plug at him. He just yells, I'm a fucking wrestler. Um, you know what I mean? Like, really play off his roots in Smoky Mountain, which essentially are like, this is fucking wrestling. This is wrestling. Fuck you, you fat fuck. And then him just, like, probably bring, throwing out all the drugs in the locker room on the way to the ring just as, like, a, <laughs> just as a real thing he's doing. I mean, that's the funniest thing. that uh, He comes to the ring, no music, it's just the sound of him scrunching up pills and stomping on them. Oh, man, he just comes out of the ring and, like, Bob, uh, he's, Heyman tells him to shoot and he just does a 60-minute promo about how are you fat and a cokehead, Balls Mahoney. <laughs> And then he beats up Axel Rotten's kids in the ring. <laughs> It'll be really good. So, basically, uh, because of all these injuries, because of his back problems and uh, all the injuries he's basically riling up, he's starting to use pain pills. And here's... <laughs> he Basically, it's alleged that he took some pain pills from Ken Kennedy's bag. Now, at this point, obviously, you're not supposed to have pain pills. I don't know the... This isn't, I don't think Benoit's, no, Benoit hasn't, uh, hasn't won his second triple threat yet. Um, I was going to say, Benoit, <laughs> Benoit hasn't done your favorite thing yet. <laughs> hasn't lived my dreams yet. Um, he's starting to get pushed, but then they immediately turn him on Van Dam in ECW. Um, and he's the first guy to beat. This is some. This is what basically gets him uh, the uh, fuck off heat back. Is people are starting to like him in ECW. So what do you do? They have him not tap to the Anaconda Vice when CM Punk was like on a winning streak and have him beat CM Punk, and it's his first loss in ECW. And that now to me, obviously during this era of CM Punk, you could totally have him lose to... You have to have the guy fucking lose. He's six feet tall at this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't fucking have this six-foot guy just go on this unbeaten streak, even though that worked for Tatanka, and why wouldn't you just do that? But have him lose to someone who's, like, also young. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like, you know who we need to fucking heat up is a many-time hardcore champion and guy who yells at John Laurinaitis to get him a goddamn coffee, Bob Holly. What I would have liked is if they brought Bob Holly in to do sort of a uh, a run against all the former ECW champions. So it's just Bob Holly versus Jimmy Snuka, Don Morocco, Kevin Sullivan. Like, basically an inverse of Heath Slater when he got beaten up by all the Raw legends. It's just Heath Slater beating up a bunch of guys that are clearly junkies yet have enough muscle memory that they can lift some things (laughs) 
But this is the crazy thing is, once again, Bob gets staph infection. Once again, they tell him to postpone the surgery. And the way they do that is because Vince apparently told him that he was going to be his surrogate against Donald Trump instead of Umaga. I can't believe that. I like, can I totally can't believe, believe that. that someone would believe that. I, I, I'm sure. Like, for a guy who's pretty self-aware like Bob Hawley, like, what the fuck? Like, of course they're not going to have hardcore Hawley out there. I mean, they totally could have, by the way. How? Like, I don't know. I just I just want to believe that Bob Hawley, Bob Hawley wasn't lied to. I mean, I don't think, I think that Vince said that. I just, my thing is, like, how could hardcore Hawley believe that? I think he just probably wanted to believe him. I guess, man. But, like, oh, yeah, Vince is, so Trump is going to uh, be in the corner of Bobby Lashley because we're pushing Bobby Lashley, right? And then who's going to wrestle the match against Bobby Lashley is actually Spike Dudley. Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's such an interesting time in wrestling because there's so much that goes on in that year. This is the Chris Benoit death year, Umaga death year, the biggest WrestleMania oh, buddy. pay-per-view buy, but for the weirdest reason, this is the road. Like, it's just like, they. I just feel like this is the year where Vince McMahon's psychosis reached. It swung back. It swung into depression, so it was just really dark, weird thoughts. Like, I am not even a billionaire. We have to get a real billionaire now to sell tickets. Like, I'm sure there was a... Like, in the lead-up to WrestleMania, he was... Vince McMahon was holding Andre the Giant's skull and just asking, why can't you still be here? Like, Hardcore Holly at one point was booked to become the woman's champion, and then it was proven that the tampon was in his butt, not his pee hole, so he's not a woman. Like, it's... You could say anything, and I would have been like, yeah, I'm not surprised that that was pitched as an idea at this time and period in the WWE. Oh. For those of you listening at home, I just made a salient point and then just heard a door open on Dylan's end, and I was like, well, I guess. (laughs) And then I was like, I'm going to walk out this window. (laughs) There's a first time for everything, you fucking I just realized how bad WrestleMania 23 was. I'm out of here. After this, Bob Holly. Takes five months off because of his staph infection. During that time, he uh, watches his friend murder his whole family. And uh, he has his final feud against the rookie, Cody Rhodes. And the whole thing is, this is a great idea for a feud. Bob Holly's a veteran. Earn Cody, Ro- Cody Rhodes has to earn his respect. Do you ever think that this is why they were shocked that CM Punk was upset about the staph infections? And that they were used to hardcore Holly, where they're like, this is your third staph infection. You have to take some time off. And he was just yelling cut me and then just going back like back in the ring he kept just trying to bite into his own arm to get the staff infection <laughs> out and they're like bah. no but really though bob holly like took the time and was always like i'm gonna take the time off and then they would always be like oh no you're gonna win the divas title <laughs> they would just like try and get him back in the ring with some weird fucking title or something and i wonder if that's like a th- that is one of the reasons they have so many titles still is like they're just waiting for Bob Holly to come back they're and like, claim no, the man. title. <laughs> Nine different titles that Bob Holly has. No, I mean like just because like, oh you can't No man, you can't uh, go on the injury list now. The you're gonna be the Intercontinent States champion. What's amazing about Bob Holly's post WWE career is he doesn't really end up in TNA. We can talk about his independence and stuff like that, and all of his excellent shoot ma- uh, shoot interviews in a second. But really makes a point of he, he shows up for a one night run in TNA, but he's just he just seems like he would be such a TNA wrestler. 
Cornette is there at this point, as is Savio Vega. Lots of guys that have worked with him in the past. And he just does the independence. St- maintains his body and shows up and talks as a piece of shit uh, on a variety of st- uh, shoot interviews. Yeah. I mean, he was released on January 16th, 2009. And the creative has nothing for you line was used a bunch. Basically, the end of his feud with Cody Rhodes is he Cody Rhodes to beat just beats him um, and he leaves. That's it. And that was like and then he was inactive for a long time. And I mean, it's Bob Holly. Like, to be honest, he's just he's fucking Bob Holly. Like, of course, they have nothing for him. Like by 2009, he's washed. And that's what that is. I mean, it I'll tell you this. It feels like Bob Holly has been, hasn't been gone that long. Like I, when I think of Bob Holly, I literally think of a guy like Kane, who's just always on TV wrestling somebody, and I'm not really paying attention. Yeah, that's a great point. Like it feels like Bob Holly is due to just come out on Raw and turn heel with the Big Show, and then they turn heel against each other, become mega heels, and then they somehow turn back and stop being heels. But in 2013, Bob Holly was in TNA, in the most TNA thing I can possibly think of. Him and Magnus beat aces and eights. It's for one night only, though. And then he just left. Yeah. That's the best thing, though. Like, you have a guy in for one night, what are you going to do? Oh, he goes over our intimidating stable. Like, oh, yeah, Marty Jannetty was in WCW for for a couple shots. What did he do? Uh, Did he job? No, he went over uh, Sean Waltman. (laughs) That's how they're using... Oh, man. Anybody who's like, why is Impact in such a... Like, why does Impact just, like, now just, like, a pretty good indie? Like, this is why. Because, like, for, like, a full 10 years, they just lost everybody. They would bring in some WWE ex-hardcore champion, and he would just beat their new guys. Yeah, that's a great point, is that basically TNA was just where the guy who was a tag team partner with Kane would go to be the world champion for a bit, beat everyone, and then they'd be like, um... You're going to have feathers and be called Jimmy Feathers on Velocity. I'll be right there, Vince. And they were. <laughs> Here's my favorite thing is uh, Bob Holly. I don't know if I talked about this, but Bob Holly reunited with his high school sweetheart in 2010 after his friend showed her how to reconnect with her on the Internet. Which means Bob Holly didn't know how to of use Facebook not. until 2010. Why I apologize. That guy need Facebook? I apologize if that's the first thing. I. And he just went, what the fuck is this? It's like a typewriter with a TV attached. Fuck this. Um, I guarantee that um, Bob uh, Holly thought email was yelling out the window. <laughs> how many, how many like 600 page tomes do you think Bob Holly just has t- typewritten in his place? <laughs> reasons why I fuck, reasons why I take it. Yeah. <laughs> It's from a man and woman's perspective. I guarantee Bob Holly has a lot of unpublished books about what you can do with your pee if you keep it in enough jars. (laughs) Also, I've always made this weird rule. Really great wrestler, but Mick Foley, his friend group in wrestling was just all these bitter dudes, and I think it's because Mick Foley's like, I like him cheap, and I like him... People that make me seem happy and distract from all of the weird stuff I say about egg sandwiches. Because he always talked about how he was big friends with Hardcore Holly, but Hardcore Holly was so strong. And I always just, he always wrote it in off putting manners. Yeah, very bizarre. 
Really, it's probably because Bob Holly doesn't strike me as a man like he's on, he's the inverse essentially of his tag team partner. Oddly, is Crash Holly. We did a Crash Holly episode, and Crash Holly essentially just got fucking a white man wasted at a couple wrong points and fucked himself over with the company. There is not one story in here about Bob Holly being a dick. Really, I guarantee if Bob Holly is holding is holding a beer, he has a reason. Like he'll say something like, "Uh, it's Christmas." Yeah, exactly. He's still in great shape. The the main thing, like he beats up Matt Capitelli, yes, but that's that's bad. <laughs> but the Rene Dupree thing is totally justified. He lent a man his car, like that's nice. Oh, the Rene Dupree thing is totally justified, and he lent a guy his car and let him fucking do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also like I kind of was on Rene Dupree's side until the whole I didn't know how to pay the ticket. And it's like, oh, you're just a piece of shit, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly labeled what to do. And obviously, of course, he's Bob Holly's kind of mad at Dupree at that time anyway, because Rene Dupree is getting the golden child treatment from WWE versus Bob Holly is like, you're still hardcore Holly. Here's the new character idea we have. How about red, green pants instead of blue pants? All right, get out there and lose to the big show. Like, of course, he's fucking mad. He uh, was actually credited a bit with uh, turning NXT onto uh, Peyton Royce, who's now uh, one of the women's tag team champions as of this recording. So that's good. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. This entire saga of Hardcore Holly, because it was totally I was expecting it was going to be like, ah, and now to learn about a new evil. And then it's just like he's just an angry man who's happy. He's not welding, but prepared to go back to that at any time. Yeah, and now he wants to uh, be on a, a series where they leave you alone in the woods because he'll he knows he'll yeah. survive, <laughs> which is uh, which is how I knew this would end. Oh. By the way, like before we started learning about this man, I knew that was the end point. I didn't know it. Like I had no information. Like I didn't know that information before we started recording this. But I knew that would be the end. That was what I guessed. When, when the apocalypse so, comes, my plan. I just thought the middle would be cocaine whiskey time but it wasn't it was just like working out and he loves steroids listen when i when the apocalypse comes my plan is just to find bob holly and help him become our king i think bob holly there's a very good there's a very very good uh, chance that in a walking dead like scenario you do come across bob holly oh yeah and he's just wearing all of the zombies as a coat if Bob Holly was in The walk- Walking Dead, Atlanta <laughs> would just be uh, him walking around wearing a suit because you're in the city, so you dress up, and all of the zombies are dead. <laughs> and then if he hears you're not good with your hands, he just like tells you that uh, the food's over there, and he shoots you in the back of the head because he can't use you. <laughs> then they eat you. They eat people. Yeah, for he sure. just eats people. <laughs> he keeps eating people. But super nice, like when the Iconics won the tag title at WrestleMania, Bob Holly uh, basically celebrated openly. He was a big fan of Peyton Royce and said she works like a man, which is his way of complimenting <laughs> yeah, a woman. Such a weird way to compliment a bunch of women. You got feet like a man. Don't say that. I mean, it's a good thing. You're like a boy. Wait, what? Shut up. <laughs> so what's the best thing about Bob Holly during these weird years? The old years of Bob Holly. It's yelling at Vince McMahon. Like, that's the best thing in the entire world. And also his tribal tattoo. It's a tie between tribal tattoo... I mean... No, I'm going to say him yelling at Vince McMahon. 
You think him yelling at Vince McMahon is the best thing? I mean, I would have to agree. He comes up with the Alabama slam during this period That's as well, which I will say as good is his as best your thing. Because I said the f- to getting yelled at for something that was your fault is yelling back at the billionaire. Like, why does Vince McMahon not pay Hardcore Holly a lot of money? Well, it probably has something to do with the fact that uh, um, uh, that guy keeps yelling at him every time he brings up a point. This man, Bob Hawley, would have definitely, if he was in, like, a small claims court where the judge kind of, like, at the end of the ruling editorializes a bit, would have yelled at the judge and doubled his punishment. Like, I believe Bob Hawley will take a punishment where he believes it's warranted, but I do believe that if you start trying to rub it in, he's not going to take that shit, and I respect that a lot. Do you think um, Bob Hawley... What do you think how Bob... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked her dog. Now shut the fuck up about it, Judge Pussy. Like, I believe that what would be one of What do you think Bob Holly's first date is with a woman? Like, this the woman he reconnected with high school? What do you think their first date was? I think it involves some sort of, like, going to the timber yard. <laughs> yeah, for sure he went and just found scrap metal. <laughs> he just went... Bob Holly is essentially Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec with his shirt off. That's who this man is. Well, he's is. just the real version of that man. Like, he, he doesn't eat like a crazy son of a bitch, but, like, he doesn't know what... He thinks yoga and Islam are the same thing. <laughs> and that's why he likes Islam? He's like, yeah, whatever, you just stretch a bit. What's the fucking problem? They get fit. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's great. As far as retired wrestlers, it's certainly a success story, uh, by which I mean he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. He's now 56, and, uh, buddy, he's built to take dicks. That's nice. It is. I mean, uh, the worst thing about Bob Holly during this period, probably repeated staff infection and them never taking that seriously. Yeah, that's a good point. I still say... That you're wrong, though. The worst thing about Bob Holly is how he grieves for Chris Benoit, which was he uh, walked outside, coughed, which is his equivalent of crying, and never mentioned him again. <laughs> they were friends because, of course, they were friends because they beat up people that were weaker than them. Yeah, I actually was surprised they were friends because Chris Benoit, bit of a piece of shit, murdering his family irregardless. Bob Holly, yeah, just make it a bit. Just a bit. Murdering your whole Besides family, for that, sure. Just he a was bit a of a piece, piece of shit. shit. Not ta- if he hadn't done that, still a piece of shit. He's more of a piece of shit now. But, like, existingly, like, before... Actually, the way John actually thinks of it is, like, he was a bit of a piece of shit, now he's a good guy because I mean, of what he did. those are your words and not mine, but I do agree with you. <laughs> What's the uh, worst thing about Bob Holly during this period, John? I told you, it's his grieving process. Um, I'm going to say that... No, you think so? Is that he didn't he didn't get one great final run. He like he went out the way he came in, opening the show on Raw, and still watching the whole show to give notes on how the crew guys are pudgy. <laughs> I think he could have done really well with a run in TNA, and I, I don't, agree and I mean that. He would like, have I think great opponent for a Jeff Jarrett style stable called like Planet Jarrett. Which actually was a stable. I mean, that was for sure would have been that the name a, of the stable. That like, was a stable. That was a stable in TNA. I just remember that was a stable in TNA. That's so funny. That's so funny. 
It would have been one word, like experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. These are the guys from experience. I'm Mike Tanay. Ooh, I'm going to read my wife my journals before we see them. <laughs> the new stable here, it's Craven. <laughs> guys, that's our fucking three hard series on Bob Holly. Yeah, I said heart and not part because it's got a lot of heart, baby. Next week we'll be back with Demolition. Ooh, here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. Be that a be natural disaster. We don't love. John just became every uncle yeah. at a wedding. I'm Dylan's Uncle Bill. I don't have a job, but I got thoughts about Muslims. I'm Dylan's Uncle Bill. I use an outhouse like most people use. The library. It's where I go to read and also be annoyed by homeless people. I'm Dylan's Uncle Bill. (laughs) I was looking up this guy, Bob Holly. Doesn't wear his shirt enough that makes him a woman. Dylan's Uncle Bill. <laughs> I own two guns, but I don't know where they are. Blame it on a pill addiction that I am faking. Disability counts. When you're Dylan's Uncle Bill. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. I cannot believe we talked about Bob Holly for almost three hours. <laughs> Almost, baby. He talked about Bob Holly cumulatively longer than he was ever in the ring for his entire career. <laughs> it was a wonderful ride. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, and uh, you can get us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review, Facebook the Wrestler Review Podcast, and if you liked what you hear, then we have our part one of our he murdered a bunch of people saga on jimmy snooker actually not a bunch of people just one, just one. also ladies and gentlemen i am it at the edinburgh fringe this august i'm doing a show at 9 30 at the monkey barrel and then stick around by that i mean walk out of the room and walk back in because at 11 o'clock it's me and cole cabana doing comedy and commentary too bad wrestling brendan burns used to host that show but brendan burns is a massive cuck lord and so he's off being a fucking idiot and it's now replaced by a handsome man so that show will be a handsome man and colt cabana talking about being fucking cool it'll be wonderful thanks very much for listening guys and suck me suck me like a baby let me see your dick i'm your uncle bill we got a mole that runs (laughs) in the family you got a mole on your dick i'm so sorry